Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Raised Up Chapter 4 is titled Raised Up. 2 Corinthians 4.14 says, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. In the context of this passage, the Holy Spirit is speaking through his servant Paul to those who are always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. The promise of being raised up in verse 14 is to those whose lives are dead and who are therefore hid with Christ in God, according to Colossians Chapter 3, verse 3, the remnant are specifically identified as those that have been sentenced to death of self and have been crucified with Christ and with the affections and lust of the flesh. According to the New Testament, they are dying downward as God raises them upward in his power. Here are the inspired words that precede the above verse that would be verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 4. So let's read verses 10 through 12, which states, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. The phrase raised up appears 46 times in Holy Scripture so that we begin to be infused with the divine rhythm and sequence of the gospel, that is, the death, burial, and resurrection, we're going to take a look at some of the verses in which we find the phrase raised up. Also keeping in mind that God never raises something that isn't first dead and buried. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 36 says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest, or plants, is not quickened or made alive, except it die. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 36. As you are reading these verses below, remember that Jesus was raised up only after he chose to lay down his life for us and in obedience to the Father. God only raises up that which willingly lays itself down and dies, there has to be a death before there can be a resurrection or a raising up. 
Notice in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 24 and 25, we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus says, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Jesus speaks here of the two types of people, he that loveth his life and he that hateth his life in this world. What did he say will be the end of each? Well, first of all, for those who love their lives in this world, he that loveth his life shall lose it. In contrast, he said, he that hateth his life in this world, that is because he loves Jesus supremely, shall keep it unto eternal life. That's John chapter 12, verse 24 and 25. Is your life laid down today, friend? Are you crucified with Christ? Have you set your affection on things above and sentenced yourself life to death as you looking for the soon return of Jesus? A man named Owen Feltham said this, He that always waits upon God is ready whensoever he calls. He is a happy man who so lives as that death at all times may find him at leisure to die. As was the case with the Son of God, so it is with us. There has to first be a laying down of our lives before there can be a resurrection or raising up. Notice Matthew eleven five says, The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Acts 2, 24 says, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Acts 2.24. Also, Acts 2.32 says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Acts 3.26 says, Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Acts 5 verse 30 says that the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Acts chapter 10 verse 40 says, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Just as God raised up our Lord Jesus from the dead, he also promised to raise us up as we waive all personal rights to self and count ourselves dead with Christ, according to Romans 6. Notice Romans 8:11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. There is the presence and thread of death, burial, and resurrection woven throughout Scripture. The gospel is embedded in the Holy Scriptures because death, burial, and resurrection are an integral part of the thoughts of his heart, which are transmitted and recorded for us in his word. Psalm chapter 33 verse 11 tells us, you may wish to begin watching for the frequent reoccurrence of the down and ups of the gospel throughout Scripture. Here are more words of the Lord which reveal the down-up cadence 
of the gospel witnessed throughout Scripture. Notice in 1 Samuel 2, verse 5 through 9, the Bible reads this way, They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren have borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive, he bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich, he bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail." Also, Psalm 145.14 says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Also, 2 Corinthians 4, 9-14, some of which we already read, but let's read a wider scope of this passage. 2 Corinthians 4, 9-14 says, Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that's the death, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body, that's the resurrection. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. This divine pattern of the cross, death, burial, and resurrection is seen in no more vivid fashion than in the life and mission of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Notice Mark 8:31 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Amen. Also, the saving gospel is defined here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4, which says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. In summation, the gospel here is found. And we notice in this passage, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, that Christ died, was buried, and rose again. Amen. Joy set forth. Do you work out just for the pain of it in the gym, that is? Do you work out, do you exercise just so you can feel the pain? Surely not. Or have you ever worked out to train your body for some personal athletic purpose? Why did you work out? What was the why of it? Because you deserved a certain result? Correct. Or you desired a certain result? Obviously, those who work out have a goal to look or to feel or perform in a certain way. Correct? Yes. 
people usually work out and endure the burn and pain in order to obtain the desired outcome. Those who exercise or train their bodies are willing to sacrifice and suffer extreme physical discomfort in order to receive the desired results because the desire to obtain that result outweighs the pain associated with getting that result. They long to achieve a certain goal, and that goal is the joy set forth to encourage their endurance and hard work. Once the athlete begins accomplishing his anticipated result, he becomes glad that he ever started the process. Though it in induces and requires pain, the desired result is worth the pain. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, and that is, even though it cost them and it was painful. In the same way that the athlete drives himself through daily painstaking training to accomplish his desired outcome and is satisfied when that result begins to arrive, so the saint of Christ, when he begins to grasp what the gospel really is as pertains to his daily life and relationship with Christ, he will gladly begin to lay down his life in order to be raised upward by Christ. In the beginning, when we first hear of and begin pondering the cross and dying to self, perhaps some of us shun the pain. Then, when the Spirit of God begins leading us to conformity with Christ's death and burial, we take a step forward in obedience, and unfailingly the Lord is there to raise us up in His blessed power. That's when the resurrection comes. When we begin to experience the gospel in a personal way, laying down our lives and being raised up, this writer believes we can acquire a godly addiction to the life and fruit that comes out of this cross and resurrection experience. The Apostle Paul told us that as he bore in his body the dying of Jesus, the divine life of Christ worked in him and through him to bless others. As we read earlier in 2 Corinthians 4, it is certain that there is more than the dying and burial process. There is the blessed resurrection or raising up. This is one part of what should motivate the disciple to die, that he might see the Lord raise him up in his holy divine power in this late hour. Jesus endured his torturous and cruel cross for the joy of redeeming you and I. The pain came before the joy or desired result, there was a desired reaping that made him willing and obedient to endure the excruciating pain and suffering for our sins. Notice Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. After Christ endured his cross, the Father raised him up and gave under his command all power in heaven and in earth, and gave to him a name which is above every name. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and also Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. The Bible says this, 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore for God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That was Philippians 2. If Jesus came to the earth divesting himself and taking on the form of a man, humbling himself from godhood to servant, how much more shall we humble ourselves, laying down our lives for Christ and his beloved people and precious souls who need his salvation? Is our descent not a far less trip than was his? It should be a short journey, right? Short in comparison to his, as the Most High, God and Creator of all that is, Christ's condescension to the lowly place of mere humankind was a distant journey, though he was the sinless Son of the living God. In this absolutely magnificent passage in Philippians 2, we just read of God becoming a man. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1 verse 14, not only did Jesus, who made all that is, come to this sin-cursed earth, incarnated into humanity, the eternal Word came as a servant to humble himself and become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. God the Father therefore hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Jesus promised to raise up and to give all of his saints who overcome a new name. As in Revelation 2 verse 17 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And Revelation chapter 3 verse 12 says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name." Christ tells us here that a brand new name and a permanent place as a pillar in the temple of my God awaits all who answer his call to repent and be saved and who also overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. These are the remnant who will be raised up to reign with Christ eternally 
They are called and chosen and faithful. According to Revelation 17, 14, Jesus said that those who overcome and will be raised up to reign with him eternally are not only called by God, but also chosen and they choose to be faithful. There is a partnership and agreement. God sovereignly calls them and chooses them and they choose to be faithful, enduring to the end, loving not their lives, even unto the death. Revelation 12:11. The honest student of Scripture refuses to acquiesce to the diabolical myth that supposes that man has no part in the reception and retention of salvation. See the book, Lie of the Ages, available on Amazon and SafeguardYourSoul.com on the store page. Revelation 17:14 reads this way, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. As our Lord came and was obedient to his Father in all things, how shall we who are purchased by his precious blood not become obedient unto the death of the self-life, setting aside our own will and agenda, waiving all personal rights and girding ourselves to become his servants? Will he who raised up Christ to the highest place in the universe not lift us up to please and glorify him here and now and to reign with him eternally? Notice Revelation chapter 20 verse 6 says, Blessed is, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no more power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Beloved, God is working in each of his saints both to will and to do of his good pleasure. According to Philippians 2.13, his good pleasure is to get us to become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, so that he can raise us up in his holy power to be like Christ and to rule with him in this coming world. This is the mind of Christ according to Philippians chapter 2. Let us pray. Holy Father, please grant my heart to see beyond this life and into the much larger scope of the coming world where you, Lord Jesus, will reign supreme and the government shall rest upon your shoulders alone. Anoint this life, please, Father, with your Holy Ghost to the burial of my sinful self-life. I love you, Jesus, and thank you for your perfect sacrifice for me without which I could not be forgiven and saved into your kingdom. Father, I know and believe that you will raise up this life that you gave here and eternally as you bless this heart to trust you and to obey your command to become obedient unto the death of the self-life. I here and now joyfully and willingly submit my life to your Lordship. Into your hands now commend my spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.